Today we're going to talk about the biggest mistake you can make about space when bringing home a puppy. This is really so simple. Um, I think it's one of the biggest things we can do that has the largest impact with something as simple as space. So we're going to talk about some of the mistakes that are made um, and why I feel this is so important and how this can really change how difficult or how easy it is to bring home a puppy. You know, the, the, I, you hear the same complaints, um, the same difficulties rather, because it's not really a complaint because really most people know what they're getting into when they get a puppy. They know there's potty training. They know there's sleepless nights. They know there's a lot of mouthing and like little uh, sharks, piranhas, uh, with their needle sharp teeth and that they chase and tug and play and just get into a lot of mischief. Which on the, the other side of it is that's exactly what a lot of the puppy raising is exactly why we get a puppy, right? Like it's, it's joyful and they remind us to enjoy the small things and live in the moment and they're so silly and it's such an amazing experience to, to both learn, learn about each other um, as you're raising a puppy. But let me just give you this huge tip to do when you bring home a new puppy at eight weeks, at nine weeks, at 10 weeks, whenever you bring home that puppy, it doesn't matter how old they are, it's setting the foundation up at home um, to create ease in potty training, behavior, <laughs> and just training in general, self-control, uh, making sure the puppy gets enough sleep. I mean, there's so many rewards to this. So the biggest mistake people make when dealing with space when bringing home a puppy is giving them way too much space. <clears throat> we come home, we're so excited, and we plop the puppy down in our house and we give them full reign. Almost always. More people than not give them full reign. At minimum, we get a baby gate and block off the stairs, which you should absolutely do. <laughs> Trying to trade a puppy to downstairs and upstairs is very different for a dog. Dogs are situational, so upstairs is a different place than downstairs. Initially, it's not all the same den, essentially. So um, let's conquer one floor at a time. But giving them way too much space gives... Uh, adds a lot of frustration for both of you. And I need you to understand that for the puppy too. It's having um, unrealistic expectations that they're just going to know where to potty, what they can put their teeth on, um, and where they can go within the house. And those things are really, really important. And those tend to be the the biggest hurdles when raising a puppy, right? They, they're chewing up the couch, they're chewing up our shoes, they're chasing our child, they're chasing our cat, they're getting into the toilet paper, they're pottying on the floor, right? Sound very, very familiar. So this one thing alone eliminates all of that. I am giving you a tip that transforms puppy raising from frustrating to fun, and this is huge, all right? Puppies will be very, very happy if they have enough space to potty somewhere and sleep and play in another. Here's the deal. I'm just going to be real with you. I can never post these pictures because public perception and people that don't understand the way a puppy works would flip out. But this is the reality. This is how we potty train our puppies when we start putting them to a doggy door at four to five weeks old. If we gave them an, their entire toddler stall inside, they would happily poop and pee inside because there's enough room to potty over here and sleep over there. 
we have to give them just enough space inside to come in and sleep and have their water. That's it. Just enough space for the a litter to come in, cuddle and sleep and drink. And each day we move the fencing back a little bit more. They earn their space. And within just a couple days, they have their whole entire toddler stall. I'm talking like three days and we have them using the doggy door. Boom, just like that. But we had to do it in a way that makes sense to them rather than doing it the opposite way. Like why all the frustration and the fuss and the fight of giving them all the space and they're pooping and peeing all over each other, laying in it, playing in it, and in your scenario, pooping and peeing all over your house. Why? Why set them up to fail? So give them a small space with fencing. Um, yeah, I mean, invest in fencing. You're investing in a lifelong relationship with this dog and you're saving a lot of time and energy. The fencing is well worth the money and section it off to the door you're going to potty train the puppy to. It's really unfair to section them off to a door and sometimes use this door and sometimes use the other door. <clears throat> really unfair initially. One thing, let's get one thing down. You can hang bells on the door and start to teach them when they bump the bells and the bells make noise, the door magically opens, right? So when they start to learn, which could make for depending on the breed, my puppies within just a couple days learn very, very quickly. The bells mean the door opens. However, the bells cannot stay on the door very long because our puppies also realize when they ring the bells, that controls you. So if you're sitting on the couch or you're not doing something they want to do and they want your attention, they'll be ringing those bells because they know that brings you to them or there's a bird outside or they're just bored or whatever. So you may have to take the bells down because they may be just ringing them for other reasons. Uh, there you go. You're welcome for a smart dog. Anyway, space, the fencing, start really small and it's not very long term, you guys. I'm not talking like you're thinking, oh my God, this poor puppy, it's going to be. No, I'm talking very, in this realm of things, a very short amount of time that they're going to have a smaller space. So just enough for a bowl of water, some toys. I usually do one hard toy, one soft toy, and rotate each day to a different soft toy, a different hard toy. You give them too much, they're just like little kids, and then none of the toys are fun. So a hard toy, a soft toy, and then a blanket or a bed. If they potty on their blanket or their bed, then they lose their blanket or their bed till they then have to regain that privilege. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Puppies love, why, why do puppies pee on their bed or their blanket or your rug? For a few different reasons. One, a rug has a lot of scent and so it's stinky. And so it seems like the proper place to potty. It's just the reality. Even if it's new, it still has a lot of scent. Um, a blanket or bed could also have a lot of scent and or something magical happens when they potty on a rug or a blanket or their bed and that is it disappears <laughs> it's magical right so they'd be like i'm keeping my area clean all is good around here that disappeared like how amazing is that so if that's an issue it should be picked up right and they shouldn't even have access to a rug because you've sectioned them off to the back door and generally by the back door it's tile or linoleum and if it is rug go buy a remnant at home depot of linoleum and put that down on the floor and then put the fencing on it like again the the money spent and the time and uh you know making your house kind of rinky dinky for a while is well worth what you're setting yourself up for
Um, so then of course give spaces, the puppy earns it. This also acts as a safe place for the puppy. Too often we're interrupting them when they sleep. If we have kids, the kids can be overwhelming and the puppies lose a sense of any type of free will. You know, they're constantly getting picked up. They're sleeping and they get picked up. They're eating and they're getting bugged. No matter what they do, there's a kid in their face. Uh, and puppies can only handle so much. It's only fair to ask them to handle so much. There's not even a human in their right mind that could be bugged and poked and prodded in a loving way, but would still need to be like, all right, enough. I need some sleep. I need some safe space. So this acts, especially when having a puppy acclimated to your new home with all the new scent, all the new sounds, all the new people, everything going on, it's a very safe space for your puppy to be acclimated and learn to trust and respect you and have a break from you and or kids. Very, very important. And it would give if you have a dog that's, that the puppy keeps pestering, it gives them a break or the cat a break. It is difficult if you let the puppy out for a little bit and then put them back in their pen, they will protest. So a couple different things you can do you can work through that protesting and let them know too bad. It's time. It's quiet time in your pen now. You've had a little bit of time outside while I was watching you. While you're being monitored, it's time to be in your pen now. And or just leave them in their pen. You're, you crawl into the pen. You spend time with them and, or, and you're outside. Again, this is short term, so I know it seems extreme. But trust me when I tell you to set up this foundation. It's really, really beneficial. Okay. The other thing it really prevents is from puppies getting into mischief. They can't, like I just said, they can't be pestering your dog or your cat. They can't be nipping and tugging at your kids. They can't be pooping on the floor. They can't be chewing on the couch. So we're setting our puppy up for success, showing them what you can put your mouth on and off, where you're gonna go potty, I do respect and honor you enough to give you some quiet, safe space. We're on a structure. Um, you know, all of that is also imp implemented beautifully by just controlling some space initially. So again, I cannot stress enough this huge tip when bringing home a new puppy, please contain the space. They shouldn't have the whole bottom floor. They shouldn't have the whole entire house. Depending what the setup is, you can baby gate off um, if you can, but it should be a fairly significant small space. And then within, you know, wait until, you know, like they got this down. We haven't had an accident. They're using the bells. Things are adjusting nicely. Then you can add more space. And before you know it, all fences, all gates are down. I would caution though, the very last fence that should come down, and it could even be an entire year is if you have an upstairs. And this is why. Again, you have to potty drain to both downstairs and upstairs, number one. Number two, it's usually covered in carpet. Number three, we don't want them constantly going up and down the stairs. Normal up and down is fine. Just never, ever use stairs to exercise a puppy. We don't want that repetitive motion on the hips before they're fully formed. Um, inappropriate, repetitive exercise can cause hip issues in larger dogs. So we want to be careful of that. And lastly, use usually, almost always, there's bedrooms upstairs. And in bedrooms, children or adults, there's socks, there's underwear, there's Barbies, there's toys, there's Legos, there's mischief for dogs to get into. So until they learn some self-control, until they learn 
they can't just pick up everything in their mouth. Um, they can't just go into every room and own the whole entire house. Starting very, very small also can prevent um, blockages or them eating things they shouldn't eat, you know, eating things uh, that, that could be poisonous or harmful as well. So it's ensuring their mental and physical safety by really setting up the foundation of Welcome home. You're safe. You're contained. I'm going to teach you by setting you up for success rather than chasing you around and saying no a hundred million times. Um, we're going to do this in a calm, respectful manner. I'm going to meet your needs in order, which number one, I know I repeat this a lot, but it's so important. The first innate need of a dog is rules, boundaries, and limitations. Ta-da! You're already doing that, right? You're physically limiting their space. These are the rules. These are the boundaries. They feel safe. They thrive with that. The second innate need, and again, we're not talking about food or shelter, is mental and physical stimulation. So you're, you're doing training. You're asking for focus. You're doing the sit on the dog. You're doing hand feeding. Um, you're playing outside with them. You're, you're meeting those mental and physical stimulation needs. And thirdly is love and affection. So when they're in a calm state of mind and it gets close to nap time, you can crawl into their pen and sit and, and hold them or take them out and sit and hold them and do their puppy massage and just touch them from head to toe and make it a very positive, calm, loving interaction um, while they're in a calm state of mind. And it's also healthy for you, right? <laughs> we know there's studies that it will lower your blood pressure, lower your anxiety, uh, fill your soul too. So when you're both in that state of mind and you can share that same space at the same time together, that's when magical things happen. So something as simple as containment and um, reduced space when bringing home a puppy has massive effects. All right, any questions? And I'm gonna put that slide up there again for my visual followers. Unless of course you're listening to the podcast and you cannot see this, but it's just detailing what we talked about, too much space and why, and things you can do to, to manage that. So. Um, comment here. Our one-year-old poodle literally tore up a piece of our gray wood by the back door. Yeah, so that's that's another thing to think about. If you have edging and or um, sheetrock, dogs can chew into the sheetrock. They can chew up the, the edging on the bottom. So you have to monitor or watch that and you can cover it with just metal with FRP board from Home Depot. Again, um, the little bit of investment up front can save you a lot more money in the end. Um, and if you can't watch them, even in their small space, you can have their kennel in there and put them in the kennel uh, as well. But they do, you've got to make sure that they're not um, chewing on the house. And then that's our cue, right? You guys know I preach this. That's our cue that we need to up the exercise and mental stimulation so that they're not bored because bored puppies are naughty as you can see. So just refine, refine, like maybe we need to have some kennel time and up the exercise and mental stimulation um, so that they're not finding the time nor energy to be chewing on your walls. <laughs> Kiana, yes, awesome tip. We didn't know at first and things were getting chewed and peed on. Limiting to just the living room was a game changer. Such a good tip. Yeah. Sorry. You did not know that ahead of time is <laughs> a really, really important tip. And hence why I'm writing the second book, because all of this will be in it for every dog owner to give them all of these tips and tricks um, to truly make the process 
a positive one and you know sometimes we just don't know we do the best we can it's so much frustration on your part of the the peeing and um, all over the living room and carpet and all of those things that can truly be avoided by just something so simple as less space what's the frp board it is like a plastic board um and it so i special order it so i can get it thicker that's what we actually have in our nursery on uh in between our fencing um or tile on we have tile on the walls and then we have the frp in between the kennels um it's white it's like a white plastic sheet and then you can just even staple it into your wallet if that's something easy to fix or um tile you could do a, a, a linoleum remnant you can do the metal like there's even that like um can't even think of the right word but it's like the metal that has the little dips in it that a lot of people are using to decorate with and put on the their walls or outside and it's you know looks really kind of rustic and cool you could even put that in your house just make sure that the tips of the metal are covered because they're sharp as heck so you can fold it or bend it or, or put some kind of edging on it um, remember, though, if you use wood for edging, they'll chew on the wood. Uh, they're like, great, thanks for this. Um, the other thing you do, too, if you've got that chewer, is take zip ties, and we'll zip tie puppy teething rings or circle onto their fencing. And there's a lot of toys that you could actually zip tie onto their fencing. So if they just get that urge to just chomp and chew, and again, you can rotate them. Just cut them by a big bag of zip ties. Rotate those as well. And then they're not taking them outside. They're not getting covered under the blanket. And they're on the fence. They say stationary, just like the wall. So you're, you're just like, you're just kind of like hoping like, not the wall. I've got the, I've got these toys zip tied for you. Switch them out often. Otherwise, just like anything, it's no big deal if it's, if it's been there, right? Shiny new nickel, shiny new nickel. What's new uh, to chew on? Hope everybody has a great weekend. I'm Jeanette with 4E Kennels. We are not only healing hearts and changing lives through the power of a dog, but we are taking thousands of breeders with us to train them, to teach them, to mentor them, to help guide them so that they can make these amazing puppies as well so that we keep our focus. Our number one is honoring and giving our puppies a voice in their placement and helping them be the very, very best they can be from breeder to owner.